Well, no, I mean, it was just interesting. Not as much as I didn't hear anything about this. The first thing I heard about Michelle Wolf's uh, appearance was when you... Uh, where, where is she appearing? White House Correspondents Dinner in 2018. 2018, yes, this year. Also known as Nerd Prom, by the way. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... And by the way, by the way, people, uh, if you just tuned in, welcome to another episode of Comedy History 101. where we talk about the history of comedy. Uh, as always, I'm Harmon Leon, and with me is my friend Scott Colonico. How are you, Scott? I'm pretty good, Harmon. And you know, uh, if you recall, we're, we're, we're co-branding this as a co-production between Comedy History 101 and This is the President, seeing how it's the perfect crossover. Yeah, and that just saves us editing time to uh, put two of our podcasts into one and on two different platforms. Exactly. That's, that's, that's kudos to us. Yeah, hats off to our ingenuity. Yes. So, anyways, uh, in case you haven't uh, been under a rock for the past week, uh, that was a clip of Michelle Wolf uh, hosting the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And, and you know what she was doing, Scott? Uh, edgy, being edgy comedy. The edgy comedy. The edgy comedy. And White House Correspondent Dinner, if you don't know it, it's a black tie affair. And it's also a scholarship fundraiser that brings together the elites of politics and media and celebrities all for an evening of Washington inside jokes. Yes. So, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I yeah, forgot. Okay. You're just thinking, hmm, we're putting two podcasts into one. No, I love it. I love it. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. So, you have a lot to say about this. Well, I mean, I which was... is good, which is perfect. You know why? Why is that? We have a podcast. Know, we would, have that, time to fill. That would be the thing. <laughs> That's, that we if we didn't have anything to say about it, it'd be a lot of dead air. Yeah, which you don't want. You don't want. And people wouldn't be downloading a, a podcast full of dead air. That would be a little boring. Yeah, and they wouldn't be subscribing on iTunes. No, like they, you should. Or, the, or, or, they or donate. Be subscribing on Last FM or Google Play or Stitcher. Yeah, which uh, we're all now. All the platforms we're on now. Oh yeah, you can find us everywhere. Or also our website, wordsoverchair.com. Yes, and with with all the plugs out of the way, uh, <laughs> Scott. So uh, uh, word on the street is you have a lot to say about the White House well, Correspondents' I mean, Dinner. It was just interesting is that I didn't hear anything about it until like you emailed me and said, oh, you got to watch this. And I didn't watch it. And then I kind of heard the media stuff. Like I, I read mm-hmm. what the media had to say about it before I actually listened to the whole thing. So the way the media was talking about it was that it was super edgy and she would cross the line. Like like the one po- podcast episode that we did where she cro- were about crossing the line. And then... I watched it and I was pretty underwhelmed and I don't think she was as particularly line crossing as she was made out to be. Yeah, I mean, there's two things. I mean, I thought it was great. I thought my initial reaction, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I believe it was Sunday morning and, you know, I, I watched like a two minute soundbite. That was on Twitter, and I thought, this is great. Uh, my overall reaction to watching the whole thing, and again, you know, they're doing a comedy routine that'll be performed once. I mean, you hear 
this a lot from comedians that host um, uh, the White House Correspondence Dinner. It's, it's a tough gig to have because you're doing a comedy routine that you're only going to do once. And essentially, you're doing all the jokes for the very first time. I thought, you know, the jokes were great. They were hitting hard, uh, you know, a little bit long, you know. But again, you know, you're doing these jokes for the first time. And just rewatching it right now is like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, Trump porn star, all that, those kind of jokes, you know, yeah, that's kind of typical. I think, you know, the only real big controversy was uh, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders incident. And of course we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia on The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, so you tell me what, what was the controversy there? Uh, well, they thought she was uh, shaming her looks, and it was really she was just doing an eyeshadow joke. Exa- that's my point exactly. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> you're not making fun. You're not making physical fun of the person. You're just saying, "Hey, you wear a lot mm. of eyeshadow," and I don't. There, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know. Yeah, and so anyways, this episode, we're going to dwell on the history of comedy at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which uh, it kind of has like a, it's pretty, not, would you, would, would the word, I was going to use the word fascinating, but it's just, you know, historically, you know, there's some interesting stuff involved with the history of comedy at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, but I think with the outrage is, you know, we're in the, I mean, there's so many factors that create the outrage, uh, social media, at first it's just so, like, People just firing it off social media. Uh, second, uh, you have a an event that celebrates free speech and the freedom of the press. You have a president who mocks the press and free speech by calling it fake news and doesn't even attend and just has a rally in his honor in Michigan. Yeah, that's that's a little sad, and I think that kind of says pretty much encapsulates what's going on in, in the country right now. Yeah, but uh, so overall, you, I mean, your take was like when you first heard it, uh, I mean, there's some jokes that are a bit edgy, like, uh, you know, just uh, the abortion jokes and things like that, because, you know, that is just a key uh, voting factor with people is like, uh, you know, uh, they vote strictly on that issue. And, you know, you have people like Mike Pence and, 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 and like that, uh, you know, but, you know, overall, I thought, the, you know, the jokes were hitting well. And, uh, uh, and again, if you go back to uh, former uh, White House correspondence host Elaine Boozler, comedian Elaine Boozler, who hosted in 1993, uh, there was a story out there that she wrote about it. And she just said, uh, if, if, if a good sign that that you did well is if people are talking about it the next day. And I do believe people were talking about this the next day. Yeah, I mean, also, if, you know, you're a host hosting a, you know, White House dinner and you cause controversy, but you also happen to have a Netflix special coming out in the next few weeks, you know, you're, go- you're going to want controversy. You're going to want that. You're going to court it and you're going to do whatever you can to get it. Well, I don't think she was doing that purposely, like, how can I be so controversial that I'll put up my Netflix special? I think she was, you know, she's a, you know, Michelle Wolf again, uh, Daily Show correspondent, and now she has, uh, is it a Netflix series or a special that's yeah, that's coming out? It's one of those two. I thought it was maybe a uh, special. But, um, and, and if you're a listener of Comedy History 101, maybe email us and uh, 
tell us which one it is. Yeah, you could. You <laughs> and could. that way we get more emails and, and, and uh, interaction with our, our listeners. Or you can maybe tweet us and maybe Harvard will give you a book. Yeah, there we go. We'll plug all that in the end. Okay. But um, yeah, but you know, again, there's so many factors of why it was considered edgy. Again, it's like, first of all, it's a roast, right? And there's rules to roast. Uh, you're supposed to, you know, like Jeff Ross, uh, you know, the king of roasts, uh, he provided like, you know, what happens at a roast and, you know, people get roasted. But the whole point is the main person who's getting roasted is not there. He's in Michigan making mocking the whole proceedings of free speech. I'd much rather be in Washington, Michigan than in Washington, D.C. But the whole point of why it was controversial is, okay, if you're Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, and you're in the audience and you're being roasted, it's like you're being framed at that moment of roast. And we've all seen Comedy Central roast, right? Uh And uh, the whole point is you have two ways you could react. You could... You know, laugh along with it to show you have some sort of sense of humor about yourself. And just a tidbit of not even White House or in general, um, having a sense of humor about yourself is kind of a good quality. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think so. But I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm not. Or or you could you could take the response and and be gravely stonely stone face, you know, gravely serious. Right. Like, you know, just look angry. I'm angry. Yeah. I'm angry at these jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Trump, Trump was back in, uh, 2011 or 2012. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that, okay. uh, right. later on. But, uh, yeah. So she chose the road of like, I'm so angry at these jokes and again, going back to uh, what you were saying about, you know, just the press jumping on this, um, a lot of like the conservative press uh, in, in their stories and comments that go, uh, the words which Michelle Wolf said in her speech at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I mean, they called her comedy routine a speech. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of, I mean... <sighs> Yeah, I'm just I'm just sighing over here because like I don't know. On one level, I'm not surprised at any of this. I'm not surprised that Trump wasn't there. I'm not surprised that Sarah Huckabee Sanders was up there and wasn't laughing at anything. I'm not surprised that there were you know the the it was treated as controversial. You know, I'm just it's just kind of that's the way it's supposed to be now. You know, it seems like yeah, it's just like uh, we're so divided and we we can't even find a common ground to. Uh, uh, on laughter. Uh, When you make jokes about the other side, they're not seen as jokes. They're seen as vicious attacks. Right. And again, it's a comedy routine done by a comedian filled with jokes. And again, uh, the adage of satire is if you're the target of satire, chances are you're not laughing. Right, exactly. But again, let's uh, let's dive a little bit back. Again, this episode's about the history of comedy at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So uh, let, let, let's give let's give the listeners uh, a, a little history of, of the White House Correspondents' Association, which uh, you know organizes the annual uh, yearly dinner. Um, it was it, it was founded in in 1914. 
by a group of journalists in response of the unfounded rumors that the United States Congressional Committee would select which journalists could attend press conferences of... Who, Scott? Woodrow Wilson, our favorite, pre- our favorite racist oh, president. <laughs> our favorite racist president, yeah. So uh, the WHCA, uh, we'll, we'll call it by its uh, acronym. Is that an acronym when you call it? That's an acronym, yes, the WHCA. Yeah, by its, you know, it, it operates independently of the White House. And, um, and among the more noble issues handled by the WHCA are the, the credentializing process and access to the president and physical conditions of the White House pressing room, right? The White House press briefing room. Sorry. Right, but to, just to make this, this distinction here, um, just because you you're covering the White House doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the White House Correspondents Association. Yeah, but anyway, so um, the, the White House uh, Correspondents uh, Association began in 1914, but it wasn't until 1920 when when the annual dinners began, and it was, and then again, it wasn't until 1924. When the first president attended, and that was who? Calvin, Calvin. Coolidge. Let, let's say it on three. Let's say it on three. Say it on three. No, be fun. One, two, two three. three. Calvin Coolidge. No, see, I was doing that's I was doing his nickname. You know what his you know what his nickname was? The old rusty trombone. No, no, even better, <laughs> even better. Uh, okay. Are you ready? But uh, by the way, uh, look up in your urban uh, dictionary. Uh, old rusty trombone. Yeah, yeah, that's no, pretty funny. For for appreciation of that, yeah. that that quip I just but made. That, but that wasn't his nickname. No. Okay. What? <laughs> you ready? Yes. That was it. What was his nickname? That was it. Silent Cal, because he was he didn't say too much. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Got how it. did you get that? I was silent there. Well, no, I didn't. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, his nickname would be Silent Cow, whether you whisper it or scream it. Oh, wait. wait. Silent Cow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's the way to deliver okay. it. Yes, yes, silent yes, yes. Cow. But he wasn't quiet Cow, South Cow. He was Silent Silent Cow. So um, at the first White House Correspondence Dinner, what jokes do you think were made about Silent Cow? That he talked softly and carried a big stick. That was, uh, was he the yeah, box? No, that was, no, that was Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> but they were saying, dude, but he, he, boy, did he, oh, I wrote a little song about it. Here comes Silent Cal. <laughs> yeah, with uh, uh, Al Jolson was the host. No, no yeah, Al Jolson uh, was, that, this and, is, oh my God, this is Al Jolson in blackface, this is getting horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, the first uh, event was, um, thrown at the old Arlington Hotel in 1924, and it was an intimate gathering of just 50 guests at the first White House Correspondents' Dinner, which is a far cry from today, when about 3,000 politicians, reporters, celebrities, and elites pack into the Washington Hilton Ballroom. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so anyways, entertainment came about like uh, when guests in the 1920s and 30s... Now, I didn't, I didn't quite understand this, so I read this in one of the articles that we researched that it said this, guests in the 1920s and 30s enjoyed singing between courses, movies, and increasingly extravagant variety shows featuring well-known entertainers. So were the guests singing between courses or were... Uh, performers singing ah, that's what, No, that's a good one. I guess. No, I so guess it's it, like yeah. we just finished our 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 shrimp consommé, and now let's 
belts into the song. We're in hit the it, money. We're in the money. Yeah. We got a lot of what it takes to get along for Dodeo. Yo, Tito, dip, dip, Hey, with a snapper. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if like uh, the guest would start singing or they would uh, be entertained by singing. They weren't. They yeah. wasn't clear on but that. But there was there was singing. I think we can just go with that. Yeah. So anyway, so again, uh, as we we kicked off up front, Michelle Wolf uh, created some controversy this year, but that wasn't the first controversy of the White House correspondence no. dinner. What was it? Um, check this out for a fact. Um, it wasn't until fifty years ago. 50 years ago, only men could attend the White House Correspondence Dinner. More than 50 years ago. More, well, okay, yeah. It must well, no, it was, but you're right, you're right. It was, it was 50 years ago. I see what you're saying. I see where you're going. Well, actually, it, it was Kennedy was the right. first uh, uh, president who refused to attend unless the ban on women was lifted. So, right. yeah. Yeah, so it was over 50 years ago. Yeah, but before that, to, uh, and also in protest, um, the Undersecretary of the U.S. Navy, oddly enough, Dan Kimball, he would host his own kind of... Uh, uh, dinner for women journalists uh, who had been exclu- excluded from the all male assembly. So you know you had that going on. You know that's a great fact and it's interesting, but I would hate to find out that Dan Kibble was sort of the yeah, uh, 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 Harvey Weinstein yeah. of the time right, of under that, second, that, the Harvey Weinstein of undersecretary of the U.S. Navy oh of the time. Oh my God, we might need to <laughs> look into that. That'd be a two bit. controversies and one controversy. Oh my God! All right, let me while we as we continue, I'll do a little research about Mr. Dan Kimball here, undersecretary. Yeah, of the his Navy. legacy tainted. Okay. <laughs> he's been he's been removed from undersecretary of the U.S. Navy Hall okay. of Fame. Yeah, all right, uh, and take it away. His doctor degree, like much like Dr. Cosby. Oh no, but there's there, oh man, there's but oh, it was 1962 right. under the urging of Helen Thomas. You know Helen Thomas. She was actually the first female president of uh, the White House uh, Correspondents Association in 1975. That Kennedy refused to attend the dinner. Oh, this just sounds kind of sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> Only knowing Kennedy's background. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> President, Ke- okay, let me- <laughs> President Kennedy refused to attend the dinner until the ban of the women was lifted. Because, uh, no, no, why, Scott? Why is that? Backstage, he was going to Bobby. With Bobby, where's the broads? Where's the broads, Bobby? <laughs> get them, get them out of the yard. Bring them over here. Bobby, get them out of the yard. Let's go. Let's go have a good, good bowl of chowder with the broads. But here's the interesting. Bring them into the, bring them into the correspondence <laughs> dinner, Bobby. Come, come sit on my on my desk. Um, come up, sit in my lap, fiddle and faddle. You got to take dictation. We'll go swimming naked in the White House pool. But here's what's interesting about that. Same, the, the point of the oh, funniness oh, no, wait, of that joke, wait, uh, still have President a, Kenny was very promiscuous. Right, but I've got a, a factoid about 1962, Harmon. So do you know go who ahead, was uh, hosting the ceremony? The Beatles! Ho- the Beatles the... on Ed Sullivan! No, no. No, 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 no another one? <laughs> yeah, you know who's hosting the ceremony this year? Well, uh, somebody else, and that's a whole other podcast, somebody else who will feature at some point. Uh, the host for the 1962 White House Correspondents' Dinner was uh, Peter Sellers. You're shitting me. No, uh-uh. I thought, I thought, well, I, some of these facts I'm, I'm not clear on because it said it wasn't until '83 that uh, stand-up comedy, stand-up comedians hosted. Well, they, uh, the I think it was more of a hosting, hosting, and not like as much as the because uh, it's kind of evolved into a roast, and I think this is just yep. they were just kind of hosting hosts. 
Well, that's an interesting choice because 1962, uh, when did uh, Dr. Strangelove come out? Yeah, that was about, it, was, it might have been that year, 62 or... And which, which uh, um, to, no, no, it was, a, viewers, it was a, uh, that was after because they had to change a joke. So I think it was 64. They had to change a joke after the assassination, yeah. So that was 64, at least. Oh, when Peter Sellers uh, hosted the event? Uh, no, they had to change. They had to change a joke in Doctor Strange Love because of the assassination. Ah. So that had to have happened. Oh, okay. So this was pre Doctor Strange Love when yes. Peter Sellers. This was like the uh, this is like yeah. Pink Panther. Pink Panther. Peter Sellers. Inspector Clouseau. Peter right, Sellers. Exactly. Exactly. Or uh, who is this character in Lolita? Uh, Humbert Humbert. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah, what it was. Yeah, it was Humbert Humbert. Okay, it was Humbert <laughs> no, Humbert. No, Humbert Humbert was uh, uh, James Mason. Oh, okay, it? yeah. I can't remember which which character Peter Sellers was. Uh, he, he played a beatnik. He played a beatnik. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. He's like, yeah, we're, make, we're making an art movie. Come yeah. on, we're going <laughs> to... Uh, but anyways, yeah, and then interesting because Peter Sellers played the President of the United States in Dr. Strangelove. Hello? Uh, hello, Di- hello, Dimitri. Listen, I, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn the music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to, I've got a few other ones we could bring up. Why don't, why don't you talk about kind of how comedy first kind of came into play there, and then I'll touch on a few of these uh, probably other hosts that you don't know about uh, before we move on. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in 94, so like I said, it was like, um, it was more like, it wasn't really like comedians hosting uh, uh, the White House Correspondents Center. It was more like they were, they were the entertainment. It was more like a variety show. So uh, you have a host of entertainers. Like So in 1944, Bob Hope became one of the first performers uh, at the White House Correspondents Center telling jokes at the Statler Hotel. And here's in 1953. Um, now we're talking about jokes of today. Uh, you know, we're talking about Michelle Wolf. Uh, doing uh, Pence abortion jokes. Well, here's a 1953 edgy joke that Bob Hope said uh, to President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He said uh, he met him, he met the president a decade earlier when he was a four-star general and had some power. Insert, which, insert laugh uh, there. Yeah, insert laugh there. Yeah, enter Eisenhower clapping yeah. there. He liked it. Um, <clears throat> and who else was performing some of those early years before we move into into the weird and wacky 60s and 70s. Yeah, so some of the early performers were uh, the chairman of the board himself, Frank Sinatra. They forget about uh, it. <laughs> Milton, he had the biggest dong in Hollywood, oh, Burl. Okay. <laughs> and Jimmy Durante. You never heard that about Milton Burl? Yeah, so that that was back in the early sixties. Then, as you know, as the world was changing, society was changing. They started with the edgy stuff in um, edgy the, the comedy. Uh, here's what's interesting: in 1964, uh, Duke Ellington and the Smothers Brothers hosted uh, the ceremony, uh, which is kind of really. Um, Interesting in light of what would happen to the Smothers Brothers running into government influence in their uh, comedy special in just four or five years from this point in 1968-69. I I don't know if they were hosting. To me, I mean, again, from what I've read, they were, I mean, they weren't like the headliners. I think they were part of the variety uh, performers involved. Uh, Again, if someone, one of our listeners can clarify that, um, 
be sure to email us. But, yeah. Uh, my, my, my understanding was it was more like a variety show because it says here not until 1983 uh, when comedian Mark Russell uh, uh, was the headliner and did stand up. Take a break after work today. Unwind where warmongers play. Come up to the bar and your glass will fill at the line of death bar and grill. Uh, that which led to the era of comedians being uh, uh, um, put on the bill as 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 the host. Okay, well, I think we could say the the these people that I'm talking about now were MC slash variety performers. Um, we could say because it was kind of like a rotating um, cavalcade of stars, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, what it says here is like Mark Russell headlining in 1983 replaced the star-studded cabaret. So I think when you say the Smothers Brothers, I think the Smothers Brothers were part of the star-studded cabaret. Hmm. That's interesting, Harmon, because what would you say if I were to tell you that in 1968, a very kind of controversial hmm. year in the United States history, uh, when I, if I told you, who do you think would, guess you would, would be your guest for the host? Or the MC. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe I've read this. I think it might have been Richard Pryor. And you would be correct. Yes, that was Richard Pryor. <laughs> Richard, really? Pr- yeah, Richard Pryor. And then here's the surprising thing: in 1969, things got a lot more wholesome. The following year, in 1969, things got a lot more wholesome when the variety what? was the Disneyland Golden Horseshoe Review. Oh man! And, and, and any tape on them? Uh, yeah, well, they, they were like one of those shows that you'd go see at Disneyland, like in the whole the Horseshoe Review Casino or whatever. Oh, like kind of like the Hall of Presidents, yeah, something like that. They're animatronic, or no, no, they were real people. Dude. <laughs> they do, they can't haul um, uh, robots around. And then one of the uh, last kind of interesting things here before we move into the '80s and the era of modern comedy is that uh, mm-hmm. uh, in 1976, so we do have. Um, a factoid: It was Bob Hope who emceed, is what it says. Uh, but then, um, what, what's interesting is that um, President Ford, uh, when he stood up to speak, he pretended to trip, and then he said, "Hello, good evening. I'm Gerald Ford, and you're not," which was a, ta- a reference to to Chevy Chase's catchphrase from Saturday Night Live. Good evening. I'm Chevy Chase. And then Chevy Chase hopped up in there and performed a little routine. So that was a nice. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So. And, and the reason that we don't have this footage uh, available on YouTube, uh, it says here, like in 1983, C-SPAN was not televising the event yet. So um, I believe that's why there's no footage of this. Uh, yeah, well, I think most of it was from C-SPAN. I wonder, there's, there must be some somewhere, but yeah, probably not until the... 70s maybe when videotapes are around but you know there might be some some footage some film 16 millimeter stuck somewhere who knows like Zabruder footage right, of, like the, the Zabruder White footage. House correspondence dinner? yes we'll have to find the hidden <laughs> the left the, the left okay wait for it wait for it wait for it the laughs are going back into the left oh my god <laughs> <laughs> fair enough all right the laughs are coming from the glass of grassy knoll back into the left <laughs> Three, three tramps are instigating the oh, last. Oh, man, the three tramps, including, the three tramps by including the railway. Woody Harrelson's dad. The dad, yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, uh, just uh, the humor there, these are all Kennedy assassination jokes. Yes. Kennedy uh, conspiracies theory That could be, that could jokes. be, we'll do a mini episode. On, yeah, um, you, know, you know what I'm doing there by pointing it out in that sort of uh, fashion? What? I'm doing the edgy okay, comedy. Edgy. Okay. 
Yeah, so starting in the 80s, uh, the headliners became comedians and, and performers. And it says here, and I, I, and I can't confirm if he was a host, that Al Franken, uh, Saturday Night Live and writer and then former disgraced Senate member of Minnesota, from Minnesota, performed there in 19, 1994 and 1996. Yes, he performed twice. In, in, they, they made a Conan O'Brien sandwich. Conan performed in 1995. Oh, really? Conan in 1995? Because Conan also hosted in 2013. Ah, interesting. Making a return appearance. Good evening. Thank you, Mr. President, Mrs. Obama, distinguished members of the press, and Bon Jovi. Yes. But before that, like right at the beginning of the... uh, Comedy period. I always, I thought this was interesting, is and this references uh, one of our earlier podcasts, actually just from a couple weeks ago, the um, comedy store uh, condo contact. Comedy store. Condo. No, the, that episode hasn't dropped yet. Okay, but, uh, dropped you yet. mean the episode that's coming up? Yeah, the episode yeah. that's coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so be sure to listen to that one. Is um, everyone's favorite Russian comedian Yakov Smirnov hosted in 1988? Oh, it was 88 because yeah. I tried to find some either footage or a date on that, and I yeah. couldn't find it. No, he was he was there. He was there in 19 April 21st of 1988. He was there. Yeah, and here's just a general list uh, of comedians that have hosted uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, Seth Meyers in 2011. Jay Leno. Uh, I'm not sure of the dates, but it, it says here he's hosted three times. Wanda Sykes, 2009. Craig Ferguson, 2008. Rich Little, 2007. Stephen Colbert, of course, which we'll dive into later on, 2006. Cedric the Entertainer, 2005. Ray Charles hosted in 2003. Um, they didn't have a comedian that year. Was that was that the year of the the kickoff of the Iraq War? Was yeah, that that's what ha- that's actually it says here. It, yeah, it says that President Bush uh, didn't. Uh, he wanted to not have a comedian that year, considering that they just kind of launched a war on false pretenses. So they didn't think a uh, false pretense yeah, war. And, yeah, think it would be too funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Drew Carey, 2002, Daryl Hammond, 2001, uh, Ray Romano, I couldn't get a date on that. Uh, 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 that was ni- more 1998. For- more forgettable, 1998. Yeah. Uh, Joel McHale, 2015, Conan O'Brien, 2013, and uh, last year was Hassan Minaj. Uh, in general, I watched, like, from what's available on YouTube, I, I, I pretty much watched, like, at least five minutes of, like, most of these performers and again so many of them are are, are forgettable we don't we're not really talking about yeah Ray I mean, Romano I or mean, Joel McHale lots of lots of jokes about C-SPAN and lots of jokes about being in the Hilton Hotel yeah I mean the thing is even when they say you know like the one like, even the Stephen Colbert one which I like Stephen Colbert and I thought it was funny it's just if you just listen to the crowd, you're not getting those huge like super gut laughs. Maybe it's just the way they have it mic'd up, but it doesn't seem because there's one. There's a really. Did you watch the Bill Maher one? Oh no! When what year did he? So host? hold on, let me pull. Uh, let me pull that up there. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just this was supposed to have been like the worst, the most bombastic um, comedian ever was oh. this Bill Maher uh, appearance. So maybe you could drop in a clip there. Now, I, uh, I did want to make a few points. I, I look out on the room and I, I see so many politicians. I, I feel a little like a mosquito at a nudist colony. Where do I begin? 
Well, I mean, it wasn't just he wasn't doing well. It was just, I mean, that was just kind of dumb. Uh, a mosquito in a nudist colony, you know. I mean, everybody's going to do what is, that was a, um, there's a, that's a simile. I mean, everyone's going to do some kind of, but he didn't do it about a president. But, you know, it's like the Michelle Wolf of that. It's like, it's like a Trump at a porn convention or whatever. You know, everyone's going to do something like that. Yeah, but that just had no bearing into politics. Yeah, it was just a dumb joke, yeah. basically. Yeah. But the interesting <laughs> is in 1997, uh, pre-Daily Show John Stewart hosted the event. And it, it was kind of strange because um, he did really well. He was he was just killing it. Uh but it was like before anyone knew who he was, they had him host the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Maybe he was being groomed for the Daily Show. He, he must have been he, at that point, yeah. What happened to Washington Books, by the way? What is the whole thing now on the new tell-all insider books? Whatever happened to the old-style Washington Books of Substance? Profiles and Courage. What I Think. Now we've got, help me, I'm locked in the cabinet. Oh, behind the Oval Office. <laughs> Although Behind the Oval Office uh, uh, is a better title than the first title he was going to use. Uh, my name is Dick M. and I'm a sexaholic. So so that was probably part of the package. Uh, and he pretty much killed it. He killed it uh, really well. He was just getting these big gut laughs. And again, it's like how they mic it as well, you know? Yeah. So the audience was mic'd really well. And he was just... Uh, Kill it on the bed, but uh, just a, just a side note: when John Stewart uh, hosted the White House Correspondents' Dinner, he was actually third in line to host it because again, he was unknown at that point. I mean, I think he had a late night talk show, yeah, he did early nineties, yep. but he wasn't a household name, you know. So I think the first, uh, and he met, he makes a joke about this: that first in line to host that year was Rosie O'Donnell, and second was Dennis Miller. Ah, ooh, controversial. Yeah, so uh, he was actually third in line. But um, did you see again, the? I, I, sorry, did you? Did you? Can we digress into to? Um, absolutely, Dennis Miller here. Did you see the the controversy right now? Yeah, I mean, he just said, "Give me until Wednesday, and I'm going to write jokes about you know Michelle Wolf." Well, you're kind of the comedian; you can probably write it on the spot. You know, it won't be as relevant yeah. as much like you aren't relevant yeah. by Wednesday. Yeah, no, hold on, but wait right here, and I'll be right back with some cutting barbs. But then he came back and he he said, "You know what? I thought it over, and I'm not going to make jokes about Michelle Wolf." Because I made jokes about Nancy Pelosi and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I'm irrelevant. Blah, 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 blah. But again, that's another thing that, like, Trump said. He's just like, what? how would they react if they had a, you know, uh, uh, a Republican comedian up there, a right-wing comedian? Like, uh, was it Greg Gutfield? Is he like a Fox host or something? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's who he suggested. Yeah. But the whole point is, it's like, yeah, well, you're not following comedy, and that's why you're not funny. And and, and and if you have a Republican up there making fun of Democrats, like Trump suggested, it's, again, goes with your bully mentality because, you know, obviously comedy, as we all know, is punching up rather than punching down. Right, exactly. And that is why, you know, comedies are like all-knowing wise soothsayers of, uh, you know, from back in medieval times uh, or, you know, days of, like, um, Aristophanes, uh, you know, pointing out the foibles of, of the powers that be. They're, they're the ones actually speaking the truth. Truth to power. Truth to power. Yes. And that's why, you know, Michelle's Wolf's, you know, for the most part, her jokes were great. Because it was, it was like, she was telling the truths within the structures of her jokes. Mm -hmm. 
And another person who told it, and the, the, this was actually the second most controversial. Well, actually, now I don't. It's kind of hard to to judge, but but the, the first big controversy in the White House Correspondence Theater was 2006 when Stephen Colbert hosted uh, during the George W. Bush eras. Excited as I am to be here with the president, I am appalled to be surrounded by the liberal media that is destroying America, with the exception of Fox News. <laughs> Fox News gives you both sides of every story, the president's side and the vice president's side. Yeah, I mean, again, I... Didn't I watched it? Didn't find it that controversial. Um, I, I just didn't. Yeah, I just left really honest. Was like, okay. I believe the government that governs best is the government that governs least, and by these standards, we have set up a fabulous government in Iraq. Yeah, but it's it's just crazy. It has to do with the era again. It's just like there is just so much more. I mean, again, well, Bush watched launched an unwarranted war uh-huh. uh, and, and so there's just so much more offensive stuff on on other levels you know with 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 trump where i rewatched the stephen colbert hosting uh you know he was hosting obviously as his stephen colbert show character where he is the faux you know right-wing pundit and right. uh yeah you know his his, his biting commentary now it just seems kind of tame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... it's what that's... I mean, the jokes are great. It was landing, you know. I stand by this man. I stand by this man because he stands for things. Not only for things, he stands on things. Things like aircraft carriers and rubble and recently flooded city squares. And that sends a strong message that no matter what happens to America, she will always rebound with the most powerfully staged photo ops in the world. But it seems tame. Yeah, I mean, it seems, I mean, yeah, it, it, nowadays it just doesn't. Like I said, and I just didn't think, like, Michelle's Wolf was particularly untamed. I mean, I just didn't think it was as big of a deal before, you know, I saw it. I think what's interesting is that, so who is it? I guess I take uh, Hassan, Minaj, <coughs> Hassan Minaj is a Daily Show correspondent as well. Yeah, and again, we're not talking about Hassan Minaj, and no one right. was really talking about him more than like a day or two after it. And and again, I watched part of it, and it was you know it started out pretty funny, and you know because he's he's a Muslim American, and that was the first year which Trump did not appear at the correspondence dinner, and that. But then he segued into jokes about C-SPAN and Hilton Hotel and all that, and I sort of lost. A bit of interest. <laughs> but also, I think with him, like, he didn't have... So he did... This is in April... April of 2017. He didn't have, like, mm-hmm. you know, a year... Uh, you know, another year of, you know, him actually... Of Trump actually being the president. Doing crazy presidential stuff to kind of make fun of, you know, the president. You know, paying off the porn star and all that other good stuff. My name is Hassan Minaj. Or as I'll be known in a few weeks, number 830287. Who would have thought, with everything going on in the country right now, that a Muslim would be standing on this stage for the ninth year in a row, baby? We had eight years of Barack. What's another year? I see you, fam. I see you, Barry. What you doing right now? You jet skiing while the world burns? That's cool. That's cool. 
That's cool. Well, at first, and second of all, you know, you just have a, a, a biting female uh, comedian on stage. And again, in this whole age of, you know, the misconduct, which, you know, Trump and his history of Trump with women and all that, where it, it just like the jokes landed, you know, harder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But in comparison, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert, you know, again, it's part of an era and well okay so going back to what you're saying the reason why it seems tame is because we watch those shows all the time you know it's just on my uh, regular roster is you know watching bill maher and watching john oliver and daily show and samantha b so again that's you know that's the jokes we hear on a regular basis you know it's it, it wasn't a, nothing that was outside of what you would hear on those shows so you know those are the shows i hear all the time uh, the whole point is it's like, you know, different audience that, that doesn't watch those shows are, are were the people that were outraged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, are we going to... Dude, be- get that cough check. No, no, that's no, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sick at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, I thought, we, are we going to move into uh, kind of the modern era with um, President uh, Obama? Well, before that, uh, just just as a little side note, uh, so um, uh, Stephen Colbert's uh, appearance as as the host of the White House Correspondents Dinner back in the day was was considered so edgy and so controversial. Uh, who did they get in two thousand and seven to host okay. the White House let, Correspondents let, 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 let me tell you, in two in two thousand seven. <laughs> so to top off, because <clears throat> they might have like gone a little too close to the edge, the edgy comedy, and they might have cl- crossed the line. See our earlier podcast episode in two thousand seven, the year after Stephen Colbert, uh, the White House Correspondents Dinner had Rich Little as their as their host, uh, noted nineteen seventies <laughs> impressionist Rich. Was those. Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor of California. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, when they meet me, they're, they're intimidated by me. They, they don't know what to call me. You know, should they call me Arnold? Should they call me Arnie? You know, Governor Schwarzenegger. Do you know what I prefer to be called? President. Arnold Schwarzenegger, bringing back yeah, his, his uh, Johnny Carson, his Johnny, his Johnny Carson material, timeless. Oh, dude, I couldn't watch more than five <laughs> minutes of that. <laughs> and the thing is, his uh, his Arnold Schwarzenegger is really bad. Like his Carson's really good. I mean, apparently, you know, he's had long enough to work on it. But his Schwarzenegger is really bad. Oh my god! And he's just doing old jokes, like that bar joke uh, about you know I. Oh, yeah. this guy home. I thought he was so drunk. <laughs> and the wife goes, where's his wheelchair? That's like a joke book book. No, That's a joke no, book Yeah, joke. no, no. The, the other one about the assholes. Because I'm an asshole. Oh, I didn't get that far. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh the lawyer. Yeah, right. the oh, lawyer yeah, yeah. That's what I switched off. But it was interesting how Bush uh, introduced him. He, 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 right before Rich Little came on, he said, You know, we got to learn to laugh in this town. And I appreciate the um, humor. I really do. I, I think a society that can poke fun of it, its uh, political leaders is a society that's a confident society and a free society. So, so we're delighted to be here. 
Though the fact that, you know, the, the previous year he had uh, Stephen Gobert totally mocking him. <laughs> and this year they, they settled for Rich Little. Yeah. Here's then, Rich Little. <laughs> then 69-year-old Rich Little. Oh, boy. So, um, so uh, uh, just as a side note, who do you think they'll get? So if when Stephen Gobert hosted, caused a controversy uh, that made them the following year get Rich Little as a host, who do you think will host next year? Uh, for next year, oh, uh, Mark, Mark Russell, <laughs> or Mark Russell again, yeah. Or, um, no, no, uh, Rich Little again. Oh yeah, they could be Rich Little or uh, John Biner, or maybe. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to the Obama era. So again, um, Trump was the first president since Ronald Reagan not to appear at the White House Correspondents' right, Dinner. Yes. And uh, what was the reason why Ronald Reagan didn't appear? Um, I believe it was because he'd been shot. It was because <laughs> he had a bullet go through his body. Yeah, that was kind of, that's why he didn't come. He kind of had an excuse. <laughs> um, he, but uh, the thing is, he actually phoned in from his hospital room. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a trooper. Yeah, so again, since Ronald Reagan, this is the first president not to attend the White House Correspondents' Dinner, but the last time Trump attended the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which was in 2011, it didn't turn out so well for him. Oh no, what, what happened? Do it. Donald Trump is here tonight. Now I know that he's taken some flack lately. But no one is happier, no one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? What really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? It was, the, it was the year that Obama he fully roasted Trump, who was in the audience for at least a good five minutes. Yeah, uh, he started out with uh, you know jokes about how uh, about his birth certificate. He settled the whole birth certificate thing by showing his birthing video, which was a clip from Disney's The Lion King. People say this is the moment that that Trump. It was it was like the Trump origin story. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the, yeah, that that was it. And that actually the Obama thing, that was the one thing I've seen where I was like, okay, that's actually kind of edgy. The actual president going up there and kind of taking down the people who've been trying to take him down. I go, okay, that is the most edgy thing I've seen up there. But that's the whole point of a roast is like people sort of make jokes at you and then you get your rebuttal. Right, that's exactly. that's the, the general roast structure. And again, you know, Trump is such a coward that he wouldn't he couldn't take it because he couldn't take it in 2011. He was just you see him in the audience and he's just stone faced steaming. All kidding aside, obviously, we all know about your credentials and breadth of experience. Um, for example, uh, no, seriously, just recently in an episode of Celebrity Apprentice at the steakhouse, the men's cooking team uh, did not impress the judges from Omaha Steaks. And there was a lot of blame to go around, but you, Mr. Trump, recognized that the real problem was a lack of leadership. 
And so ultimately, you didn't blame Little John or Meatloaf. <laughs> you fired Gary Busey. Yeah, that, that was good. And then he brought up his birth certificate and, you know, played clips from The Lion King, you know, mocking where, you know, that said he'd come from Africa. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great performance. Yeah, just a footnote going back to Bush. Um, I have a friend, Bruce Cherry, uh, who actually wrote for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Um, the same year that Colbert uh, hosted, this got overshadowed. There was a, um, uh, a George W. Bush lookalike uh, named Steve Bridges impersonator, and he went up with George W. Bush, and they did like a double act uh-huh. together. And that got it was it's kind of funny it's good, if yeah. you watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but that got so overshadowed by Colbert. Yeah. But uh, my friend, uh, uh, he's written for a lot of politicians, um, uh, George W. Bush included, and he, he would go to the boards and say that. Uh, Bush was actually one of our funnier presidents, uh, as far as like delivering a written line. Yeah, I mean, he he, could, he, he confirms that Bush had great timing. He, he does. He does. He, he seemed to be pretty uh, pretty natural in his own skin. That was, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, but that got overshadowed by he starting a needless war. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's that's a whole that's a whole other podcast, Harmon. It's not very funny. <laughs> we'll put that in the, that. This is the president. But the whole point is like Obama, uh, amazing, funny president. And I, again, I uh, in a in a story for Vice, um, I interviewed a guy who was uh, Bill Clinton's head comedy writer who wrote all his speeches, and he said. Uh, Obama, funny president, but he always looked like he didn't make like the jokes his own. He always looked like he was having fun delivering really funny jokes. Mm-hmm. That was just his critique right. of Obama as 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 far as like being a comedic performer. Yeah, but he was great. He always looked like he was having fun, yeah, exactly. you know, delivering these really great lines, pre- a- and he could deliver them really well. He was presidential. Yeah, 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 but very funny. Like, and again, he could mock himself, and then he come up and do a full five minute roast of Donald Trump. And and in, and in 2015, he had uh, uh, Keegan Michael Key uh, come up behind him and, and channel Obama's inner anger. Hold on to your lily white butts. <laughs> in our fast changing world, traditions like the White House Correspondents' Dinner are important. I mean, really. Because despite our differences, we count on the press to shed light on the most important issues of the day. And we can count on Fox News to terrify old white people with some nonsense. <laughs> Sharia law is coming to Cleveland, run for the damn hills. You know, great comedy bit from the Key and Peel show, kind of, uh, which was a takeoff from. And then, you know, 2016, Obama did the classic mic drop at the end when Larry Wilmer was on. Yes. If this material works well, I'm going to use it at Goldman Sachs next year. <laughs> Earn me some serious Tubmans. Obama out. That was that was uh, fantastic, and and Larry Wilmore give, gave Obama a, a send off in in his own his own unique style. Yeah, controversy again because he used a racial epithet, uh, but you know it was it was a heartfelt you know sort of ending. But uh, Obama also uh, 
had a fair share of <laughs> uh, Trump jokes. I think it was like, you know, why why isn't Trump here? Was, was he home eating a Trump steak? <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting out insults to Angelo Merkel. That's that's always good. (laughs) Which brings us to, I guess, uh, you know, our 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 modern era of uh, you know the present day controversy with Michelle Wolf. I actually really like Sarah. I think she's very resourceful. Like she burns facts, and then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. Like, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. It's probably lies. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing is that, like, as people are starting to, because of this controversy, because of earlier controversies, you know, they're trying starting to rethink the uh, White House dinners now. Like, for example, um, the New York Times hasn't done it, and I, I think they stopped a couple years ago. And, oh really? Yeah, and they they, they kind of have a point because it's like it's like okay, you're the press and you're supposed to be reporting on the president and kind of staying aloof, and yet you're having this dinner where you're all pals and, and chummy with them. Yeah, that's really kind of weird. I mean, I got the same feeling like right after the debates, they did that. Uh, what's the Catholic uh, dinner where they had Hillary and Trump on? You know. Uh-huh. Both giving like side by side giving speeches, it felt very like Illuminati ish. Well, yes, well, it's like well, you guys just debated and now you're here sitting side by side. Well, and then you know, and we did, you know, you do those. It's not, it's not a big secret, but if you do go through the campaign finances, you can see that Trump has been donating to Hillary for you know for years. Oh, and attended uh, uh, Chelsea's wedding. Yeah, so I mean, it's like it's. You know, it is six of one, half a dozen of the other, as they say. But the whole point is, like, every comedian, according to Lane Boozer, again, who hosted in 1993, gets uh, trashed by members of the press and members of the government uh, for the jokes they do. Yeah, it's part It's part of the gig. Yeah, but the, the judge, the pure watermark of if you, you actually did extremely well is that people are talking about it the next day. Yeah. And um, in, in our age, you know, no one's talking about Joel McHale's hosting duties at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, I believe, in 2015. Yeah, I guess maybe it's with those with some people, he didn't really need to make a name for himself that way. You know, he was already, he, he's, he's, his career is doing okay, you know? Yeah, but now everyone knows Michelle Wolf. Right. You know, see, my mom, my mom was like, Harmon, have you ever met uh, this comic, Michelle Wolf? Which I have. I met her at the Abattoir Bar. No way, really? In Edinburgh. That's hilarious. I met her through our friend uh, Kevin Healy, who who runs the Roisin Dove I, I uh, just, Comedy I Club just in saw, Galway. I just saw Kevin uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep, and uh, he introduced me to her. Oh, so wow. uh, she seemed nice enough. All right. Yeah. Well. So, but, you know, my mom's like, you know, asking, like, you know, everyone knows who she is now. So her level of, you know, comedy stature has just gone up like a hundredfold. Yeah. So what you've got out of it is, is you know, she got what she wanted out of it. Why don't I just go in there with an agenda? Her agenda was to be funny. And deliver jokes. Yeah, you know, but I, that's I your think... agenda when you're faced in front of any crowd. Right, but I, you don't I, go. I'm going to do. Okay, so agenda. Uh, you could look at the opposite. Look at Kathy Griffin, who had an edgy agenda, um, who recently uh, came out in the press again. It's like I don't regret any moment of that. I, and I regret apologizing. No, she just crumbled under it. She had this crying 
press conference where right after there was controversy, she just completely caved in where Michelle Wolf is saying, I don't regret a single word of it. I would have done exactly the same. Yeah, but I mean, like she, if we go back to our other podcast episode, Kathy Griffith crossed the line, as you would say. And I would say Michelle Wolf did a pretty good job of not crossing that line. I mean, like, again, I don't, I don't think anything was particularly controversial. Yeah, I can't. But we're jaded by comedy, yeah, you know. I mean, we I, I can't. We watch the we watch the shows where this, you know, that kind of edgy comedy is is it's like the norm, mm-hmm. you know. There's nothing, you know. These are the shows, the political comedy shows we watch, and those are the types of jokes that are done on those political comedy shows. But again, what caused the outrage is, uh, you know, the. the Again, it, 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 our country is so divided. You have a president who mocks the press, who has his own rally the same night in Michigan, where he, again, mocks the press. You have the mouthpiece for the president who's sitting there, who you know constantly spews out lies. And, uh, you know, you have a comedian who's just calling her out on it. And uh, the jokes she was calling out, are they were great jokes. And, you know, it's just like you have a woman comedian who is calling out a woman who is the mouthpiece for, you know, this horrible, this man who just treats women, you know, just horribly, mm-hmm. horribly treats women. Uh, horribly is an adjective should go for what you're trying to modify. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, again, it's like, okay, you're creating this fake controversy because she made fun of her eyeshadow and I don't even know if it's even making fun of her eyeshadow this is acknowledging she wears a certain type of eyeshadow yeah I know that's the uh, really yeah <laughs> that's the whole thing there was nothing like people were reading because like when I read about it and when I uh, when you told me about it I was just yeah. like and I thought she was going to be saying something like horrible about her and I was just like yeah, yeah that's you're not, fat and stupid yeah, no I, she, that's what I thought I it was going to be yeah, exactly, and it, and it wasn't. No, it was only uh-huh. because uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders chose to react to it in the way she did, which is like not smiling, not showing she has a, a, any semblance of a sense of humor about herself, and just drowning, like, I'm so angry. Yeah. And then again, she's the mouthpiece of this man who openly mocks disabled reporters. Yeah, and, and made the, all the president, what was it? She made all the reporters in the press room promise to do, or the, no, they had a they had a weird, oh, they had to say what they were thankful for before she would a- answer their question. Sir Huckabee Sanders? Yes, you didn't hear about this? I think it was. No, what's this? Yeah, it was during Thanksgiving. Was that a National Prayer Day? Yeah, no, it was like during Thanksgiving last year or, or right around there. And she wouldn't answer reporters' questions until they told her what they, what they were thankful for. And they did it. What, 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 are they, what are they, in elementary school? I know, exactly. You've you, you not seen this. Yeah, well, I'll drop. No, insert, no, no. Insert no. clip here. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then again, you have okay. So the, that was the controversy over the jokes, which isn't it? She just acknowledging she has a type of eyeshadow. You have Trump openly calling, and I'm not even this. I'm not even paraphrasing. Uh, calling Rosie O'Donnell a pig. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and during when he was pre, you know, pre-President Trump, calling, uh, you know, also Carly Farina in the debates. She's like, look at her face. Can you imagine the that? That's the face of our next president. You know, 
just slamming women on their looks. Just, and oh, and then just like uh, when he's be- another woman comes out and accuses him of sexual misconduct, he's like, "Are you kidding me? Look at her. Do you think I well, would I go with a broad that looks <laughs> yeah, like that?" I know, man. <laughs> I know. So again, it's just like all of that, you know, mixed, you know, within, you know, and then you have like a strong female comedian who's making these jokes, you know, in this age of uh, uh, of Trump who just, you know, doesn't give women dignity. Yeah. And point out he's being sued by a porn star. Exactly. Right now. That's awesome. So what what is your takeaway from all this? Just from the history of comedians. Uh, hosting the White House Correspondents Dinner because part of the backlash is uh, they're saying uh, no more comedians, no more comedians. The White House Correspondents, we can't laugh anymore. We have to take this all very serious. And again, the, the president of the White House Correspondents Dinner uh, came out and denounced uh, uh, Michelle Wolf and said it, it wasn't in the spirit. Yeah, I just I think they need to, to cancel the whole thing. But that oh you you what you think cancel the whole thing? Yeah, I mean it's just go on. Yeah. Like, well, as Trump said, it's over, boring. Well, comedian yeah. bombs. No, it's more that it's more that hey, we're covering the president. Oh, you're the press secretary. We're buddies now. It's just like it's it's. I know there's a professional level that you have to 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 be professional at, and then you know the I just I think journalists are getting a little too close there, you know, and then it's, it's that whole thing of. You know, it was kind of. This is exactly what would happen during, for example, during Kennedy, when people knew that he was screwing around. Like the journalists all knew that he was screwing around. They would see, you know, the women going into the office and not, but they, you, they couldn't say anything because if they did, then they'd be kicked out of the. You know, they wouldn't be getting any more access, <coughs> any more access to the presidential pool, and then you know, all their stories would dry up. So everybody kind of kept silent because they were they're part of the club there. Mm-hmm. So I, I say shut it down. But shut. Okay. So what you're, you're, what you're suggesting is you should shut down the free speech event. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not much of a free speech event. I think it's, I'm saying it's, it's more of an event uh, for the press to start buddying up to the White House, and I don't care for that. But no, it's just the White House attends, and it's, it's an event for to promote and celebrate free speech. So if you don't have it, then therefore we're just that one step closer to dictatorship. So the beauty of that is that you have comedians that can make fun of the White House and the powers that be and and, and jokes uh, of their you know misdoings like lying to the people on a lying to the press on a regular basis while you have the powers that be that call. The media fake news. I mean, well, I mean, if they really did, and, and if you shut it down, it's like you know, it should be there as a. I'm, I'm not. Maps. I'm not saying. I'm not saying people can't talk about the president. I'm just saying, you know, if they're re- if somebody was really edgy, you know, I mean, Colbert kind of hinted at it, but you know, for example, you have George Bush's dad, who it was. If you go by, you know, the Geneva Convention of what is a war crime, he is a war criminal, you know, and nobody kind of mm-hmm. brings that stuff up. That would be the really edgy stuff to bring up. Or the fact that, you know, there was a, a war that started in 2003 under, you know, totally false pretenses. And, you know, who knows how many people are dead. You know, nobody brings – that would be the really edgy stuff to bring up. And they, that doesn't get brought up. Yeah, but again, it's, you know, it's a Washington event. And if you can be edgy, uh, which, you know, again, you know, it's not 
of the comedy that we hear all the time, you know, it's, you know, that's the comedy we hear all the time. You know, to outside eyes, it, it seems edgy. Uh, I think they wanted something to grasp onto, to, 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 to bandwagon around, and, and they, they chose Sarah Huckabee said, oh my, look, she's a woman not supporting another woman. And no, but the, the woman, they're saying that's not supporting another woman. This woman is the mouthpiece for this misogynistic asshole. Yeah. And when I say asshole, I mean Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's that, um, like I said, I don't think things are particularly controversial. And I think it's kind of a safety valve also in that uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> it allows people to make fun. Uh, you know, it's like the thing where people can make fun of the president without pointing out the real, you know, here's what's going on. People are dying. People are starving to die. You know, there's that whole, there's this whole other level of things going on. Oh, sure. I mean, it's a press event and there's other forums for that type of humor, which we hear in, you know, uh, you know, when you go to Edinburgh or whatever, you know, shows around New York, we do hear that. Right. But again, this is a mainstream event. So, and I'm sure, I mean, again, if anyone knows this process, which I couldn't find, what is the process? I mean, when you're doing an event like that, you have to have all your material approved. So who is actually approving the material? So anything, they're not yeah, going to so just is, so is it, go, it, just, just go ahead with this and do this routine. Right. So my point, Someone has to approve right. this. So my uh, point is, is that how free speech is that? You know, you're, you're talking about a free speech event. Like, well, wait a minute. Somebody's going to approve everything that you're saying? Okay, first, I'm not buying that because it's just a comic doing a routine. It's not like, yeah, just go. We don't have to see it because this is free speech. You're there for, as entertainment. <laughs> you know, it's just like you're entertaining and uh, you can't make jokes about assassination and all that, you know. So it's just like... Um, it's not an open mic. Right. I mean, so, so I'm saying it's not. I mean, if, you, if you're saying it was truly free speech, then it should be open mic and let anyone sign up and mouth. No, it's just like you're you're the evolution of Jimmy Durante. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, it's yeah. I don't like if we if we if we stop doing it, I don't think it would be a blow to free speech. I just think it would just be you know one. It'd be like canceling a TV show, kind of. So canceling a TV show that's been around since uh, 1920. Yeah, just like um, Saturday Night Live. They, they didn't cancel Saturday Night Live. It's still, still on. It's still on. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other safety blow-off valve. Yeah, so I guess we will agree to disagree on that. But you know what just happened? We caused controversy. What? That was controversial. No, it was good, dude, because we we, just, we have strong opinions, and we stuck to them, and it kind of expanded out. Yeah. But, you know, it's uh, – but, you know, my takeaway is, like, you know, that's just a comedian doing a stand-up routine in a ro- comedy roast format. Right. And they did a good job with it. And, again, it's like what uh, – this is – by the way, this is the first time we've talked about Elaine Boozler on know, this, uh, this podcast. Is, uh, we'll... it's like, oh, so, again, if it's like it, – it, you know, you've done a good job if people are talking about it the next day. Yeah, I mean, um, yes. So I think we pretty well covered the history of comedy at the White House Correspondents' Dinner here at Comedy History 101. So, yeah, no, but it's interesting, the evolution of, of how comedy came to be within it. So uh, there you go. You know, it, it, it went from Bob Hope to Michelle Wolf, uh, and in between, you had Sinbad and Jimmy Durante. And Richard Pryor. 
And and Rich and Rich Little, and Rich Little. Do, doing a Johnny Carson impersonation <laughs> in 2007. I, is there is there is there an audio filter that you could slap onto the audio clips and that that cuts out coughing? No, no, coughing good is part of it. <laughs> part of the. So now we're time for uh, a new feature here at Comedy History 101, uh, Listener Mail. And we actually got a compliment. We got a four-star review on iTunes, and, and this could be you. This could be us reading your four-star review of Comedy History 101 on iTunes. Uh, we have a guy. He goes by the moniker Muggs Bunny. And he says, they work hard and it shows. Muggs Bunny writes, great example of a pair who brings their research and knowledge all to the table for each podcast. Oh, man. They inform and entertain very well. Well worth your time. They also have a great feel for what is interesting and what's worth sharing with the listener. Thank you very much, Bugs Bunny. Wow, thank we you, appreciate Muggs. That was that. nice. Yeah, yeah. It gives us inspiration to uh, to, to keep up uh, what we do. Uh, and if you want to put your comment, uh, please feel free at iTunes. Um, you can check out all our past episodes at wordsoverchair.com. Uh, this, is, this is actually our 20th episode. Oh, my God. Today. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we have 20, 20 episodes you can check out. You can binge watch us. Um, and again, subscribe on iTunes, donate if you want. I, I, I know we plug a Patreon page that doesn't exist yet, but one day we will have that on the site, but you could be listening to this podcast, you know, down the road when we do have yeah, it. So, excellent. uh, you know, you could throw in a dollar or two on Patreon. It keeps us going and, you know, that way we can put more time into producing each episode uh and scott do you have anything you like to plug uh no just the usual uh this is the president we have got new episodes coming out we're gonna be having uh harman is going to be talking to lbj's dog so that's gonna be coming up soon we'll as the kids say drop that soon that you can find that at our website wordsoverchair.com this is the president also on, we're also on itunes google play and everywhere else you want to find me and harman and thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And we'll be back. Uh, hopefully we're doing this every week now. We're, we're trying to put out a new episode every week rather than once a month. And, and next week we'll, we'll be back with more of the edgy comedy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. The good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's on Comedy History 101.